sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. What's going on, Cubs fans? You are listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm your lone host today, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, I'll be talking about the major headlines from spring training so far. Nico Horner showing out in Mesa. Tyler Chatwood apparently being able to throw strikes. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Kyle Schwarber getting back to his roots, and then we have a few little updates here in the second segment. Um, but quickly, just a show update. Starting March 25th, we will officially be going back to daily shows, Monday through Friday. Uh, myself and Ryan will be working our best to give you guys the latest and best about the Cubs Monday through Friday. So keep an eye out for that, as well as our YouTube channel has officially launched, Talking Cubs. It's where Ryan and I will go through and give great analysis and content about just what's going on with the Cubs, a little more detail, video clipped in, things like that. Right now we're going through a lot of our player previews, releasing one daily. Uh, today was Pedro Stroke. Tomorrow, you'll have to check out the YouTube channel to see what's going on. But please subscribe to that if that's your thing. Um, beyond that, though, let's jump into this first segment. So let's start with Nico Horner, who's had a pretty hot start to his game so far. He's only played in five games so far for Mesa, but in his seven plate appearances, he's slashing 714, 800, and 1,071 for slugging. It gives him an OPS of 2371. Uh, looking great. He's got a home run, three RBIs. He's walked once, was caught stealing. You know, numbers you're not necessarily paying attention to overall, but so far his approach has been good, and he's making an impact right now. Obviously, the home run was a big talk. He's got a triple as well. Um, He's looking like a stud. He really is. And it's, it's crazy to think this kid's only got 14 minor league games underneath him right now. So um, a lot of talk is kind of saying there's been pr- plenty of articles coming out at NBC Sports, MLB News, kind of saying, you know, Horner might be the next first-round pick for the Cubs to be a quick riser through the system. And I think that was kind of a given just with the way his game translated, especially with his defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, his only real concern there is his arm. The glove is great. It's how he hurt himself actually last year. So he's healthy. He's back. He'll probably spend a full season in the minors. I think the idea is probably South Bend Cubs. And hopefully if things keep progressing the way they are now, maybe we'll see him at Tennessee this year. So um, he'll be in the minors for this year. I can't imagine he'll be called up. His projection from MLB pipeline, I believe, is 2020. 2020, 2021 probably seems like it. If there's a need, he could probably come up next year, maybe September called, maybe sooner. But yeah, Horner looks like a quick riser. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a superstar player, um, but he's definitely a kid that's going to bring something to the Cubs at some point. Um, Next article, the next person we got going on here is Tyler Chatwood. Has only thrown one walk in his eight innings so far. Um, I don't really know what to expect from Tyler Chatwood. Obviously, he's got a 2.25 ERA. Things you're not really holding stock into here. The big thing, he's only allowed two runs, but he's got five strikeouts to that one walk. Um, the numbers look good. Now, there was an article that came out on Monday from 
Cubs insiders, I think it was Moshi Wilniski, wrote about how he'd just gone and seen Tyler Chatwood. And while the numbers look promising, he does not pass that eye test. He was saying he was constantly falling behind on batters, and he really was able to take advantage of some of the younger players that were, as described, a little overzealous that weren't a season that were trying to make an impact. And, you know, but basically he was implying that if better batters, so the competition was better, that Chatwood was facing, he might have been carved up. So while these reports are good, and people are kind of saying he has looked good in certain moments, I wouldn't necessarily expect Tyler Chatwood to just all of a sudden be fixed. So we still have no idea what his role is going to be, likely some type of long reliever, sixth starter type of guy. But the Cubs, the money they owe him, are kind of saddled with him at this point. So Tyler Chatwood, to be determined. But things are at least looking somewhat promising, better than they did last year. Kyle Schwarber is trying to get back to his old swing. Um, if you guys don't remember, Schwarber was in more of a crouch stance during when he was first called up in 2015 and the few times we saw him in 2016, but he changed it a little bit in 2017, and now he's coming back to it more so. He did a little bit last year. Now he's kind of reverted back to this crouch stance just because he feels like it's more natural. He feels like he's more consistent with his bat through the zone. He's hoping it helps him focus on which pitches are coming, which zone to attack, and less about his approach at the plate. So far this spring, he has seen a little bit of an uptick in his batting average right now. He's currently at 438 on the year. Uh, you know, like we said, all these numbers are really arbitrary, obviously. In 16 plate appearances, it only takes a couple hits to look like you're a superstar. Um, for what it's worth, David Bode is also batting 438. <laughs> so, you know, not, not a ton of power has necessarily come out of what Schorber's been doing. A lot of, he's got a couple doubles, mainly singles. Um, he's got a couple RBIs too. He's walked nine times. That's probably a big sign of his approach. Basically, what you're wanting to look at is Schwarber right now. His 640 on base percentage right now, extremely inflated. If he can stay somewhere on 340, 350, get into the higher threes, 300s for on base and still bat 260, 270, somewhere around there with some pop, that's encouraging. And he's hoping he can do some of that and more. Um, but people always forget, Schwarber came up. He was great. He had excellent hit tool. It's still there. He just hasn't been able to showcase that too much this year, so, or the last couple of years. So, Wilson Contreras off to a hall start at the plate as well. He is batting um, extremely well. He's got two home runs, two mammoth home runs we've seen this year so far. Uh, he talked to Patrick Muniz in the Athletic. He wrote an article kind of talking about Contreras, who was working on doing a better job of handling high-velocity fastballs. Um, Moody was able to point out here, it looks like Contreras' IOS, which is his isolated strength, it's just basically how hard he's hitting a ball. Um, his ISO dropped from 237 in 2017 on fastballs to 134 in 2018, which is well below the league average of 188 or 181. And he also pointed out as well, that Patrick Moody as well, that the, the fastball, the high velocity had not changed from 2018 to 19 or 2017 to 18 very much. It was actually faster this last year in 2017 when he was hitting better. So, it seemed like he was just kind of off or not getting his best swing on it or missing high pitches. So they're hoping that Contreras at least feels like he's going to go out there and kind of attack some balls and really get the bat head on there. And so far we've seen that he's batting extremely well right now. So let's hope that translates over kind of hold your breath here. He also apparently saw something, I guess his brother saw something in him. And when he was catching, he said he was too stiff and him and uh, Mike Borzella have gone and worked behind the plate here a little bit. They feel like, Contreras needs to get himself into a better rhythm to feel like he can kind of do a better job of framing and get in a better position to catch some of these balls. So he's actively working on probably his two biggest sticking points from last year. Obviously, framing's always an issue. I can't imagine Contreras just going to turn into an excellent framer, but at least he's working on it, and that's all you can ask for out of a catcher at this point. 
especially when you're talking about the offensive power that a guy like Wilson Contreras can bring to a team. And then finally, you Darvish, looking healthy and promising on the mound so far. 2.70 ERA. Teams are yet to get a hit really off of him. Uh, currently, he's got five walks, three strikeouts, kind of something he's going to need to work on. Um, but he hasn't given up a hit yet, and that's interesting. So we'll have to see how that goes. Obviously, two games only so far. He's got about three and a third innings. Um, the Cubs are going to kind of work up, work him up as he goes. But he's, I think the biggest thing that the Cubs are taking away from you right now is he's been super personable he's making jokes telling you know some beat reporters that he was hoping he'd get into the rangers series because he wants to throw it joey gallo and rogdon odor and he was telling fancies want to hear booze he wants to hear use which i personally love him leaning into the puns of his name that's hilarious uh joe madden said he's almost a different person this year definitely the self-confidence level seems to be soaring a bit right now i think the familiarity with the whole group matters to him plus he's healthy i think just overall the situation is so much better for darvish because he's just positive and happy to be there and he's feeling more comfortable with his teammates cole hamels being there i think is a little underrated of a situation that people maybe don't quite recognize how strong that is for him so but darvish looks great he's healthy let's hope that with his positive attitude and kind of a revamped 2019 he can come out and be the guy cubs were hoping for him to be last year so so that's going to do it here for the first segment we're going to jump into the second segment go kind of quick here through these last couple notes and end the day here for you guys here on lockdown cubs Welcome back to Lockdown Cubs here. Quickly here in our second segment, just kind of go over some news lines here from the store or from the Cubs from today. Uh, the Cubs announced they are releasing their revamped YouTube channel, which is featuring videos of Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo playing a game show with Chris Bryant's wife, Jess Bryant. See who knows the slugger better. There's um, deep dive into the stats of David Bodie's grand slam from last year against the nationals. And then there's a couple of these off season videos following players like Pedro Strope, John Lester. There's a ton of content on here. That's very interesting. And of course they released their YouTube channel a week after release ours. So cool. Thanks Cubs for stealing our idea. Just kidding. Obviously it's been in the works for a bit. And I think this is a little bit of a preview of what you can expect for the Cubs to be showing on their TV network here in the coming few months. So in the next year or whatnot. So things like this, I don't know if it doesn't necessarily translate directly because I mean, there's a difference between a seven minute YouTube video and put applying, you know, content daily, but something like this is what the Cubs I think have in mind for their marquee network. And if that's the case, that intrigues me a little bit. Makes me think twice about maybe not going and getting it as opposed to getting the marketing network as a package that be on my cable channel or whatnot. So uh, John Lester was announced as the opening day starter a couple weeks ago. Um, Ryan was right. I uh, incorrectly thought that it would finally be Kyle Hendricks' year, and I think a lot of people did too. The reporters went up to Hendricks after the announcement was made and asked him what his thoughts were afterwards, and he joked and said, well, you guys know me. I walked right into Joe's, de- <laughs> Joe's office and flipped the desk. Obviously kidding, so... Funny to see Kyle Hendricks do that. But, you know, John Lester's the ace. He's the guy that's, you know, the face of this pitching staff. Obviously, you know, it means something to him to be that opening day starter. And it's kind of a ceremonial thing. I'm glad the Cubs won with John Lester. So, quickly, outside of Cubs, though, Michael Lorenzen, who is a pitcher for the Reds and notoriously known as one of the better hitter hitting pitchers and just hitters in baseball right now at this point. You know, Ryan joked on the podcast at one point that Michael Lorenzen was the guy that he was working on his MLB The Show 
<laughs> roster and had him hitting and pitching. Well, he's doing that today, apparently, for the Reds. He's going to be pitching in today's game, and then he will be playing center field later on for the Reds. So interesting. It's kind of fun to see some of these guys come up. Of course, the Reds also have Hunter Green, a top prospect, who's a pitcher and shortstop. Uh, one guy that could be a dual threat at some point through baseball. And then finally, the wrap the show, there is a report that Craig Kimbrell could potentially even wait till June to sign a contract. Of course, the free agent right-handed closer is still, uh, obviously, a free agent. Hasn't picked a place yet to sign. And uh, Ken Rosenbaugh wrote in his column this week, he was kind of implying that, well, obviously, opening day is about 17 days away from most teams. Craig Kimbrell still not signed. Coming into a situation now, it almost would be a guarantee that Kimbrell might not be 100% ready for the season He's 32 years old, probably wants to work a little bit in before he goes out and just signs a deal. But Rosenthal was kind of saying that with how expensively priced some of the free agents or some of the relievers are during, you know, near the trade deadline and how it how some teams end up competing and weren't aware they're competing or some teams lose their closer and need a reliever, just need a better closer, whatever it may be. Kimbrough could be a hot you know, topic and really could in in some ways help his value in those moments just because of need. So they're kind of implying that this could be an option. Obviously, he's looking for something around, uh, you know, a team could go in and offer like a one-year deal worth maybe like $20 million and kind of blow him out the door. But I think Kimbrell's looking for some type of security here because he did reject Red Sox qualifying order uh, offer, I think, of $17.9 million. Um, so, uh who knows what will happen with Kimbrell. Obviously, Cubs fans would love to see him play for the Cubs. If things do kind of fall apart for this bullpen, maybe he has an option then. But I would be surprised if a team doesn't pony up and pay for him before the season starts. So that'll about do it here for Lockdown Cubs. If you guys are not, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn App Radio, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts, you should be able to find Lockdown Cubs. And if you can't find us, tell your smart device or smart speaker in your car, to play podcasts, Locked on Cubs. You should be able to listen to all our great content from there. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Episode recording tonight. You will have a new and full-fledged episode with Ryan and myself tomorrow, as well as some new Talking Cubs videos. Keep an eye out for that. But with that, I'm Sean Sears. You can follow me on Twitter at SeanRSears. Thanks for sticking around, and you guys enjoy the rest of your Monday.